Find out the secrets to building your personal brand. Get control in your life by using leverage. Discover the power of outsourcing. The king of the no BS common sense approach to business. Welcome to Confessions of a Virtual Boss, hosted by the virtual boss himself, Michael Brody. Hey everybody, Michael Brody here, the virtual boss. Welcome to Confessions of a Virtual Boss podcast show. Today we're going to talk about seven things your competitor knows about business growth. Certainly, your smart competitors who have savvy and good wits, maybe not the bad competitors, maybe they don't know these seven things, maybe that's why they're struggling. For all my new listeners, this is just a quick one, for all my new listeners, if this is your first time listening to the show, then thanks for coming. The podcast is produced daily, Monday to Friday, and all our podcasts with videos and other goodies can be found at www.michaelbrody.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me direct on Twitter, at The Virtual Boss. All links are in the show notes. Now let's do what we do best and let's get into today's show and make today extra special. I'm talking about just adding the whole shebang. This is this is going to be a good show. I can already feel it right now. Okay, so the first of the seven things your competitor knows is it takes action and persistence to be successful in business. It takes action and persistence to be successful and to get business growth. Now, I remember when I first opened the stores back when I was 17. You hear me talk about the stores a lot. I was very proud of the fact that, you know, I achieved that. I'm mean, 19 years old. I got 42 staff and multiple retail stores. And I remember, okay, it took not just persistence, but it took action. I mean, a lot of people when they're young, 17, 18, 19, 20, even 20, you know, when I say young, I mean, anybody's, everybody's young, you're young at heart. But what I mean is when you're in your teenage years, your early 20s, a lot of people have big ambition. If you ask them what they're going to do, they tell you the great ideas. They tell you, you know, the dreams and they believe it's possible. Well, maybe they believe. They, they certainly outwardly express that it's possible. But then for some reason, by the time they hit like the mid-20s, sometimes even younger, like 20, the, all of that energy and ambition gets sapped out of them. Now, I think it gets sapped out of people because life drags them down. Or should I say the wrong external forces drag them down, negativity. But it takes action and persistence. So persistence of the mind and persistence within the actions, because you're going to get a lot of rejections. I remember the first shop I opened. I put so many offers into stores. Like, literally, every day, I was ringing up agents, and I was saying, okay, I want to do a deal on this. I want to pay 25 and 30% of your asking rent. You can imagine these agents. No, thank you, Mr. Brody. Have a good day. Some just ignored me. Really, some just did not reply to emails. Um... And on the phone call, they were always busy. Oh, yeah, we'll call you back. They never did. But it took action and persistence. And eventually, I'm 17 years old, and I opened a store in Europe's largest shopping center, the Metro Center, engaged said at the time. Um, did a deal. This was just me, by the way, me and my business partner, who was also 17. There was no, like, 
No matter what, parents weren't involved. There was no, you know, this was just us with action and persistence. So that is super important. Now, the second thing is it takes risk and balls. You need to be prepared to go against the grain. I'm talking about you're going to get so many people, okay, whether it's your loved ones, whether it's people, your friends, whether it's in the news, who are going to be negative. And they're going to tell you it can't work. Now, your competitors, the successful competitors, know that their balls are on the chopping board and they have to perform. They have to go ahead with it. They have to have bottle. They have to be prepared to take the necessary calculated risks. Certainly, if they've got, you know, good analysis and good, good feeling, then boom, you've got to go with it. You've got to take the risk and put your balls, as I say, on the chopping board. (laughs) That would be painful. (laughs) I feel a little queasy now. Let me just go grab for my bucket. The third thing your competitors know, they observe. This is this is going against everything people tell you about creativity, by the way. They observe your ideas. They, if you come up with a good idea, clever competitors, smart competitors, pick the best ideas you have. They discard the worst and they fuel their own business growth with your ideas. Now, when I had, um, I was involved, when I was involved in the retail business, I'll tell you the story. And um, there was a company called Time It to Retail, a Birmingham company, an importer, and he used to open stores just over Christmas, 45, 50, 60 stores. He'd open for four months and close them and just earn off that period. Millions, 10, 15, 20 million every single year for three, four months work. It's not a bad payday. And that was the idea I spotted and I, I just caught, I replicated it. I brought in my own product lines, but I copied the formula he was using, and it worked. And I made, did tremendously well with it. You know, it took a lot more than that, but what I'm saying is I observed the idea, the concept, and I incorporated it in my own unique way. So that's what clever competitors do, and you have to do the same. You have to observe. Originality sometimes is exceptional, but very often it's not. Very often originality doesn't work. And I don't mean about being pretentious because I'm original on this show, my podcast, my website. I'm original as a person, but my businesses, yeah, they might be unique in the respect that how we do it is different everybody else. We maybe do it better than everybody else, but the market itself already existed. We observed the market, found a niche, and then bang, we went in there. So you have to observe competitors. The next thing is they understand leverage. They get more accomplished by leveraging time. Have you ever got to, you know, started the day, you're super motivated, you've got loads to do, and you're going to do them all. But by the end of the day, you've still got loads to do, and only a small fraction of that has been accomplished. Now, imagine if you do that every day, you're compounding lack of productivity day on day. So you're getting a snowball effect of not hitting the tasks you should be doing. Therefore, you're going to go at a slow pace. You're going to stagnate your growth while your competitors are growing at a rapid rate because they're getting more done in less time. Now, I'm not saying about, you know, that you're going to do everything. Of course, you're not because you should always be thinking about doing more than you are. But what I'm saying is you can use leverage to manipulate that time and to maximize that time and to get a better bang for your buck on a daily basis. Use leverage, outsource, hire people in the Philippines, hire people wherever in the world you want to hire them, low-cost skilled staff, 
virtual assistants, virtual staff. That's what I do. That's what a lot of smart entrepreneurs are doing. So understand you can do that. Whether or not you want to do it is up to you, but understand that option and use it when you need to use it or use it if you want to use it. Fifth thing smart competitors do, smart businesses do, they cut costs without compromising quality. The Philippines, for example, is a giant pool of talented, low-cost, educated English speakers. So if you can employ people there instead of America or the UK or wherever you happen to be and get the same quality, you get, you know, then you're going to get a better bang for your buck. You're cutting your costs down without compromising quality. You might even be increasing quality by having more staff for the same price. So understand cutting costs. I am huge for cutting costs. When I was involved in um, in the retail business, I'd cut costs on everything, like literally from an electric bill to a supplier margin. I'd be looking to cut 2% on, a, on, on, on buying costs. I'd look to renegotiate with the window cleaner. That's how extreme I go. But it, it, it's crucial because it's all money that could be yours. You've got to maximize your profits and you've got to cut unnecessary costs in the good times more than the bad. People always do this in the bad times, but it's wrong. Do it in the good times and build up some cash reserves or use that money and reinvest it into new areas um, or different areas. But really, really do focus on cutting costs when you can. Okay, so the next thing is the sixth thing your competitors are doing, the good competitors, is they understand that revenue is key to growth. How many people tell you you need more revenue? Wrong and right. I agree. Boosting revenue is always a good thing. I'd rather turn over, you know, 20 million than 10 million. That's a fact. If I could add another million to my revenue, then I want to add another million. But what I'm saying is revenue is for vanity and profit is for sanity. A Jewish guy told me this once and it stuck in my mind. He was a very successful guy, retailer, and he said, you know, Michael, he said, turnover is for vanity and profit is for sanity. What it means is everybody talks about revenue. They say, I turn over $20 million. I've got revenue of $20 million. Okay, great. But if you're turning over $20 million, if you've got $20 million in revenue and sales, but you're only making 100000 or you've got another guy who's got 600000 in revenue, but he's making 400000 then who's the smart guy? You know what I'm saying? So don't always just focus on the top line. Keep a very, very close eye on the bottom line and make sure that it's overall profitability that you are, in fact, um, increasing. Because a lot of good companies have went bankrupt and out of business despite having exceptionally high turnover, exceptionally high revenue. So focus on growing profit by not only adding to the top line, but also cutting costs and boosting the bottom line profitability. The seventh thing smart competitors are doing in Michael Brody's own eyes. They focus on adding value. How could I add value? Maybe I could bring, some of you are saying, bring another speaker, get another presenter. Michael, you get the sack. Bring somebody else. That'll add more value than anything. Hmm. I'm depressed now. Okay, so add value. Because if you add value, the money you get back for your effort will be tenfold. When I disrupted this market, this this Philippine staffing market, the outsourcing industry with virtualstaff.ph, it was, you know, it turned the whole thing on its head. I had a lot of pissed off people, a lot of competitors who, I mean, I, I took their businesses down. 
by providing better value. But the reason their businesses got took down was because they were ripping customers off. They were overcharging. They were they were adding huge big salary markups. And eventually, it's great while it lasts for them. You're not good for entrepreneurs and businesses paying it. But then a better option comes. And when the better option comes, it replaces the old. Just like the iPod kind of replaced the old Sony Walkman player. I mean, you don't see many people with the Walkman. I was in the gym earlier on today. Saw people with cell phones, with iPods, listening to music. I didn't see many Walkman players. Although I did see one guy with like a gecko blast, I think. This is serious. Like, you know, the old gecko. I'm 24, but I remember when I was a kid in the 90s and um, the, the guy had this like stereo player. I think he was a bit loopy because he had it blasting in the middle of the gym. Power ballads of all as well, which were, you know, I'm not dissing the music, but not quite gym music. Anyway, I'd love to, to to have your thoughts. I'm sure I've missed things here as well. I and mean, this is just a seven, in my opinion, that, that your competitors are doing. If you're not experiencing the growth that you should be, that is possibly you're missing one of those seven things. So if you have comments on this, I would love to get your opinions. Tweet me at the virtual boss, and I will try to tweet you back. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. I tweet everybody back. I, I'm literally like, I didn't even used to like Twitter till this year. I never used it. I was like, I don't, what do I want to tweet for? I'll pick up the phone. I'll get someone round. But since I, um, since I really, you know, I started getting invited to, to speak, I do keynote speaking as well now, and different people were contacting me online. And I thought I've kind of got maybe get my face out here. I'm, I'm like a, um, you know, like a vampire. I'm only come out at night when everybody else is away. <laughs> that was from the nightclub business. Anyway, that brings us to the end of today's show. Questions, send me an email, michael at michaelbrody.net. Or again, tweet me at the virtual boss. Take care. And until next time, have a great one. This is Confessions of a Virtual Boss.